everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. We all experience seasons in our lives that are really difficult. And sometimes you don't even realize how hard it was until you're on the other side. Dave Junian helped my wife and I through one of our most trying seasons. When we fully transitioned our photography business from film to digital in 2002, we had no idea what we were doing. Back then, nobody really did. Or so we thought. Dave graciously gave up his time and helped us understand things in a way that I wonder if anyone else could have. And he made it fun. Simply put, we would have never been able to accomplish much of what we did without Dave Junion. He's a creative in every sense of the word. Buckle up, y'all. Well, you do have your radio voice on. Well, I did just get up. <laughs> I was I took a little snooze. I was sleepy. Bring it. Who are you? I'm the man staring deep into your eyes as we discuss important topics of life with the big black thing in front of my face. Are you really not going to introduce yourself? I am Dave. Dave Junian. Yes. Been a photographer my whole life, pretty much. Uh huh. How old are you? That's insignificant, isn't it? You're already going to start dodging questions. <laughs> What does that have to do with anything? It has nothing you, to do with anything. Because you said I've been a photographer my whole life. And so if you're 12, that's less impressive than if you were 74. Yeah, somewhere in between there. Okay. I have used film extensively mm-hmm. and made the conversion to digital in that time period. Mm-hmm. You, you're actually, I've, I've said this many times, you're actually my digital mentor. So you started using digital photography way, way before we did. And relatively, we were early. So when did you start? Photoshop beta version 1.02. Six tools in the palette. And you do a clone move of eight inches and you could run to Quick Trip and get a uh, Dr. Pepper and come back and it was still going. On an LC2. Because you're using like a 486 DX. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That came two years later. <laughs> so, in other words, you've been using... Did, were you did, were you really on Photoshop 1? Did you? Yeah, use- it was 1.02. It was a beta version um, sent over clandestine through uh, the University of Minnesota through a back what? channel. Really? Oh, it was it was interesting. I didn't I didn't know that. Well, it was right because it just in high school did a lot of photography and you're working in the dark room and I had all these ideas I could never come across right. and all of a sudden my buddy going to the U of M was, yeah, they got this computer program and you can and, and I just tripped on it and yeah. I got a hold of it and all of a sudden it was everything I always wanted to do without having to go into a dark room. Right. So, right. so were you always a computer geek too? No, I actually dropped out of computer class in high school so I could do more photography for yearbook and newspaper. Uh, However, 
college, the second time I dropped out, I took a computer class and it was probably the most valuable lesson I learned in photography through computer class. That was when you're writing computer programs, Mehdi Mohebi taught me this and I will always be indebted to my friend Mehdi, that you define your goal and then work backwards. Because if you're writing a computer program, you don't just throw code out and hope you get it done. Right. When you're creating an image, you just don't throw variables out and hope you get the image. You define right. the image in your mind, pre-visualize it, and then work backwards of and assemble gonna, the variables, right. and you're back to where you started, and it's it's easy. That was college. That yeah, the right before I dropped out for the second time. Mm-hmm. You never didn't you didn't get a degree? Oh no. Me neither. You're in good company. I, I'm rather proud of my <laughs> dropping out twice. The okay. parents took it very well. You know, well, the yeah. first time, second time, they just kind of accepted it. Yeah. Now, we met in '01, I think, and I remember. Yes, being, it was a dance bar, and I couldn't it, believe it you were wearing. Not, yeah, a sequin suit. You know, I was a little past no, the. Uh, Troy's actually wearing a sequin suit today. Well, I know, but yours was a little flashier at the time. <laughs> And you had the moves of Johnny Travolta. I was. T- <laughs> I, I I could not believe how how you moved on the dance floor with the Johnny grace. Travolta. Oh yeah. He, In whole, his early days, Saturday Night Live your days. Your whole joke just tanked because no one calls him Johnny Travolta. Back um, in the day that we did. <laughs> <laughs> I was told. I remember being told that you're quiet, and that you don't you don't say much. And I've never really experienced you that way. You're not quiet. You, you get pretty fired up and people generally know who you are. So what happened? Or were you never really quiet? I was told you were quiet. Now you're being quiet, <laughs> jackass. Um, when I've got a camera, if there's something of passion, it brings it out. I, I think it's like anybody. If you've got passion about something, you can believe in it and you can express ideas, concepts, challenge people, challenge yourself, and you embrace that and go. If you're truly passionate, I think you just take it to a brand new level. If I'm in a social situation without a reason or a purpose, mm. I'm in the corner looking for an excuse to go home and mm. um, shovel the driveway or cut trees down. Mm. Why, what's, where's the passion for photography come from? Why, why are you passionate about photography? Um, I've always been competitive in sports and different things, but not over the top. It's the idea that I have the ability to define what I want to create and I've got total accountability and that's what I believe. It's having the ability to define what you want versus just going out and accepting what's there and embracing it. It's going and defining a specific goal, whether it be an image, whether it be a project, and being accountable to make it the best it can. And with photography, I I can not only, there's so many variables and tangents in it uh, from creating the image to taking it to a new place, to lighting, to the emotional connection between the client and the subject, um, it just, what it comes down to, it makes me happy. That's all it is. I had a really good friend once tell me that, uh, Mr. Mike Hanline, life mm-hmm. is about nothing more than 
just have fun mm-hmm. and everything else falls into place and it took me a number of years to figure it out but that's all it is is you, you have fun work backwards and put together the whole path just to have fun and enjoy the trip is that why you photograph mostly seniors because that's who you have fun with the most like i don't see you as a baby photographer or a wedding photographer neither one of those really nice babies do you really yeah it's great you know they've got this velcro wall for (laughs) two-year-olds you put them up and then it just you kind of like slingshot them in and catch them in the air Mm-hmm. As long as you get that shot in the air, it's yeah. I no, it, it <laughs> we do a number of children, number of babies, uh, newborns. Um, do about one wedding every two years just because I'm yeah, forced to every so often. But out of all of that stuff, seniors is your that's your, but you know, I'm actually trying. We're doing a lot of eight, nine, ten year olds now, too. It, it really, I don't, I don't like the pigeonhole. It's just you're in the tweens. Yeah. I hate that word. That is so stupid. Don't ever say that again or I'll throw something <laughs> that's at you. What you're, that's what they They're are. They're children. No, they aren't. They aren't you're, tweenies. You're, you're like, a children photographer. It sounds like something out of like a Twinkie <laughs> Lucky Charms box or something. Okay. Noted. You don't like yeah. the term but, tween. But it's not even tweens. It's kids that want... It, it's the profile of the client I work with. It's usually um, individuals that are secure but insecure about themselves. Mm-hmm. But they have a good family relationship. They're disciplined. Um, they say please, thank you, and they just they're they're willing to embrace and participate. So has it ever has you have you had a hard year? Define hard year. Emotionally, well, relationship well. wise, <laughs> 1983 wasn't real. I I believe it was. Oh, the young lady was from. Topeka, Kansas. <sighs> we thought we had something. No, wait a minute. That was a movie. Sometimes I confuse movies in my room. Okay, so what was the question? In the last, well, let's say in the last 20 years, even though you've been photographing for 40, apparently. 37. Have you had a hard year? Has it? Because oh, it's all it about. Has been, it has been 40 years. Well, if it's all about Oop, having I said crap, can we say crap on here or not? Yes, crap works. Edit that out. Put a beep. Beep. Then we don't know what you said. Oh, okay, go for it. If you've if you've been photographing for a while, have you had a hard year? Had numerous, and anybody that hasn't, I you know more power to them. But it seems to go in cycles. In the early years, it was like every seven years. Um, the worst ever was like four years ago. I was ready to. Uh, probably about a month from just cashing it all in just because the way the industry was going, the way my life, everything. And then I realized it was nothing more than me making excuses for not wanting to push myself. So I quit whining. It, it wasn't about, and it, that, that's a funny thing. It wasn't about other people shooting. It wasn't about people not coming to me. It was about me complaining and whining. So I was a whiny little. Well, at the time, what were you complaining about? Uh, the attitude of the kids coming in where it was the end of the Prozac generation where there wasn't a lot of motion in the kids, you know, um, you'd work your butt off for three hours and didn't think you had a thing and no expressions. And the senior would leave and go, thanks man. That's the most fun I've had in in years. (laughs) You're like, you got to step it up there, buddy. (laughs) Um, 
but it just it was nothing and, and I, I, I I've adapted that attitude that if there's an issue or a problem it's my fault and I need to adjust and find a new solution so you were playing the victim a little bit oh no no I embraced it big time you were embracing I the had victim. it perfected how'd you snap out of it um I started watching Teletubbies again here we go <laughs> the first answer first thing I'm just gonna have to throw away every first answer <laughs> No, it's got to run. <laughs> Are we done? Do we have enough? <laughs> no. You said five minutes. We're halfway through. All right. Um, repeat the question. So you're getting you're getting nervous. I'm at, I'm I'm going a little deeper, and you don't you no, don't really want to go that deep. Bring it. No, just dig the cave. How do you snap out of it? Um, you were playing the victim. I stopped own... caring about everything. Nihilism snapped you out of playing the victim that's an nihilism nothing matters you stop caring well no everything mattered there's a difference okay you might be right um i was still conable and that's part of i actually was more conable but i stopped caring about all the garbage and i stopped caring about being the best i stopped caring about making money but i was accountable to bills so i needed to make that uh, was accountable to my clients, so I needed to start making them enjoy the experience more. I was accountable to myself to be happier and to push myself more. How did you come to that realization, though? Did you like um, get a bill got, that you had to pay, and you were like, "Oh, I'm accountable"? Or did I was you just have a client being a whiny you? little complaining all the no time? No one confronted you. Um, no. <laughs> Well, you stopped talking to me for six years, but other than that, and I figured that out. It was me. (laughs) Um, Let me think. I I really don't think it was other than, oh, I know what it was. Oh, I got to give credit to Allie, part Allie. Um, Who? Allie. She's a sophomore dancer. Okay. Um, She's phenomenal. Just unbelievable talent. Uh hit her in a dance studio and then brought her in and doing some, all of a sudden she started doing this amazing stuff and I had to light it properly to capture the image. Mm-hmm. So I started pushing myself again and it's like when you were an athlete in your younger days, weren't you like near NBA basketball or no. something? <laughs> well, I, th- I thought you were like what? drafted div one basketball. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I was a baller. But so you know what it is. It just you get competitive and then you kind of lose it. And then all of a sudden it snapped back how much fun this really was. And I forgot about the whole fun. I let all the garbage contaminate my head, mm-hmm. um, which I need to plug now. Uh, Peaceful Warrior. What's that? A movie that everybody should watch. Okay. Um, it just it, It's about just clearing your head of garbage and focusing on what's important and achieving whatever you want and being accountable to yourself versus making excuses. Um, and I need to plug Mr. Dan McClanahan too. Okay. The, wis- the, the, the words of wisdom that that man spews forth could carry me on to the ever ending platform of life or what something. What has Dan done for you? We were driving and we ran into a few issues with not having the proper permits out in White Sands, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. So I've got 10 photographers and six models and they won't let us shoot there um, with lights and everything we planned. And as we're driving, he looks at me. As the boulder rolls into the stream, the water goes around it. 
And he goes, right. So it's just simply, if you see garbage in front of you, just go around it and fix it. So, so, we're, we so, had a blast. so we're the water. Life is the water, Jed. Life. <laughs> or you, thoughts, even thoughts. Why does everything have to be a physical state? Why can't you go into a more sublime, emotional kind of... I'm overthinking. I'm overthinking <laughs> your metaphor. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so Dan, I, you know, you've, I've heard you mention Dan before. He's, he's somebody that for lack of a better term, you kind of look up to. Is um, that fair? I think there's a group of us we don't look up to. We just look, look to the side to each of, other. You look exactly. to. Okay. You look to, that's fair enough. You don't look up to him as we, much we as We feed you look off to each him. other and, and it's a network. It's, um, where we'll go out and you have a question. It's just friends feeding off friends Who else? and then challenging each other. And um, Who else is in that group for you? I'm not going to tell you. You're not going to tell me who else you look to? No. Really? Oh, look up to? Sure. Peter Gabriel. Oh, my gosh. Have you heard his music? Yes, I know Peter Gabriel. Alyssa Monks. Oh, that's a new one. Yeah, you painter, contemporary right. painter out of New, New York. York. Right, phenomenal. I started buying watercolor prints from her, and just hang, set them around the house just to look at. Um, that's part of what I'm doing is trying to get out of um, existing in a life of inbred photography. Mm -hmm. Because if you look around the country, so many people are doing the same things. I, I got off all Facebook groups. I got out of all groups and just kind of turned inward and started focusing on my own head and listening to my own self. So I started seeking artists and people that create outside the normal realm, which forces you to think different. And then all of a sudden you're looking at your work different and you create different mm. versus, wow, if I move this light six inches, it's going to be a completely different look that looks the same. What do you hope people think about you? I don't care. I really don't. Um, my clients, I care that they think about themselves in a really positive manner. Um, the masses, I really don't. And it's not meant in any kind of, what would that be, an arrogant type of standoffish? I, I do what I do. I believe in myself, and I would try and make people happy. And if they can't handle that, I, I'm not going to put any thought into it. Because mm. I can take an eight-year-old girl that just got out of chemo and make her jump in puddles. Mm -hmm. <sighs> okay. It's a beautiful thing. You went there. I was going to ask you about that. I've been seeing you post about these kids with cancer. Mm -hmm. Talk about that a little bit. Oh, it's just a thing down at um, uh, a friend put together a shoot with a cancer organization down at Imaging with Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And it was the idea to take one shot, turn them into a superhero. And I was down there and just started playing with the kids. They were all terrified, scared, didn't know what to do. So I took it upon myself to create a touch of humor. Mm -hmm. And it was fun. We had one little girl as a ballerina, we're shooting. Got the shot, we were done. And I didn't want to stop playing, so Ted is shooting. And I look at the mom, it's like, can we, can we do a rain shot? I remember, she just had chemo the week before. Mm -hmm. And I had a bottle of water holding it, and mom's like, yeah, okay. So I look at the, um, I look at her and she goes, yeah, go ahead. 
So she starts dancing, and I'm like throwing water on her. All the other parents and everybody else is gasping, going, what are you doing? And she's just dancing and having a blast and going nuts. And then it had been raining all day, so I look at Mom, and it's like, can we go play in puddles? And she <laughs> points to her daughter, and, it's like, and she's like nodding and all excited. So we went and played in puddles, and everybody's freaking out because I'm taking this little ballerina, and, well, and we ended up... T- sponsoring new outfit and shoes because we destroyed them in the water but it was a riot and i got a text um later in the day from her mom saying that she was so excited it was the best day bestest day ever mm. and it was the same thing owen owen was a little five-year-old and um phenomenal phenomenal soul but just no just scared and not having fun he was dressed up as obi-wan owen and Ben Shirk is, is shooting him, and Ben's trying to talk with them. And, you know, he was just, oh, was people running all over, and a five-year-old, and they had just, um, now that part's not important. Um, it, it was a really emotional time for the family, and Ben, ben is just trying to get him. So I had my team of eight kids well there were about four kids two of them were harry potter spellcasters, and two more kids and remember these children have cancer and they're pushing me around in an office chair as we're attacking parents <laughs> which was great and the parents were all catching on and it was just phenomenal so we're behind ben and i look at the kids it's like ramming speed full and they're pushing me into ben's back as i have my legs up and he's rolling over we do this four or five times and on the first one, Owen, just a little bit of humor. And second one, by the third time, he is just laughing. <laughs> and so so we decided to trap Ben, and he come, Owen comes up. It's like, you know, points to Ben. We should we should trap him. Like, go get him, go get him. And we had these last light backgrounds. So they're two <laughs> feet wide, eight feet high, 10 feet long. And if they fall on you, it's like a mattress falling on you. <laughs> yeah. So he points and, and Owen gets Ben to go in. And, we, and then Owen looks at me and we slam it down on Ben, trap him. And then Owen takes his light sore saber and he's whacking on top of the, uh, the background on Ben. So, and he was just, he lit up and you could tell he hadn't had that much fun in I don't know how long. But that, that's what it's about. It's about just finding a happy place and then push a button in between. You light up when you talk about those kids. How could you not? It just... Some people don't. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's not my... You know, I, I've only got my world to deal with and, um, you know... Would you be a good dad? I think I'm a father to the world. <laughs> Obviously not, because I haven't figured it out yet, have I? <laughs> Why not? Why are we going there? Because <laughs> the way that you're talking and the way you're talking about this kids, yeah, but it's your face okay, lights what up was in a way it? It that I haven't afternoon. seen in a long time. I, I, I can go 100% for three hours, but then all of a sudden if there's diapers and things, it's... <laughs> What are you going to do, hold them above the kitchen with the water sprayer and just well. rinse them off? What? <laughs> You want to do that part? Mm. Oh, I got to credit Nikki Harrison for the whole transition. Nikki thing too. Harrison, yes. Okay. A uh, posted an image and we started talking about it, and I made the comment: um, "This is one of the most insightful things in the last decade that I've experienced." Is this image was fun, and she's like, "Yeah, it was okay." 
and uh, I, I mentioned that I'm starting to hear voices at times about, you know, I think we all do it when we're, we're creating. But over the years, I've learned to, because I know what's sellable and what's not, mm. it's going to take an extra 30 seconds, so I just push that voice away. And she sends back this text that just blew me away. When the voices whisper, they scream. And all of a sudden, I just, it, it, like, it hit. Then the next day I'm shooting, all of a sudden I'm hearing this little voice in the back of my head. Why, why don't you just a little more contrast on that transition on the face? Mm. Or why don't you just pop that gel? Mm. And if it would have been a week ago, I would have ignored it. So now after listening for about a week, week and a half, she was right because those voices that were whispering were just screaming. Mm. And I started doing some of the most creative stuff. And it built and built and built. It was all in that transition period of coming back to finding that uh, embracing the idea of creating and working with people. So is that where you are now? Oh, I'm so far beyond that. Okay, where are you at I now? feel like I could go and bake a cake and just share it with everybody. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good thing? You're happy? Mm-hmm. Sure. Why shouldn't I be? Do you know something? Well, no, I... <laughs> I know that we can, we can play the victim sometimes and you're not in that spot. You, you seem like you're doing oh, very well. It, it's funny because I, I think I've evolved to a point where I still go there, but I catch the trigger point. I call them trigger points mm -hmm. where all of a sudden I realize I'm there mm -hmm. and I'll just shake my head. And Victoria, who runs my office, it, uh, she's got it to the point where she'll just cross her arms and do the shoulder drop and chin drop and mm -hmm. roll her eyes at me. I'm like... Okay, I get it. We'll talk tomorrow. I'll just take a day and readjust and go back to where a normal person should be. How important is Victoria? Um, how important is sand on a beach? It's not a beach without sand, maybe. Exactly. It could be. You could go swimming, but you could never enjoy <laughs> running barefoot in the sand. We were just both like, where are you going with that analogy? I don't know, it just wouldn't be the same. You'd be on rocks. She's a big deal though, isn't she? Yeah, absolutely. But we've built it that way. She's been with me forever. And I learned early there were, um, and all of this I picked up from so many people. It just, I owe the, ind the industry, the community, the everybody, because it's just, nobody does this on their own. I don't care who you are. You've learned from others. You mm -hmm. share. Um but I, I, I'm very fortunate to separate myself that I can just shoot, play, and be the total idiot I am in studio <laughs> and then say, okay, go over to the business side and Victoria will. Um, and she holds it all together. Well, she kind of, like her favorite answers, well, you, you know Dave. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, it works perfect mm -hmm. and it's good because that's where we are. It, it frees me up from having to worry about any other details. And I can just play and challenge people to give me everything they are. Mm -hmm. So she allows you to focus on doing what you do best. Exactly. And she does what she does extraordinary. Thanks to Clark and Rachel Martin. Mm -hmm. Because they're swell eggs. <laughs> they are good eggs. <laughs> well, they're better than eggs. They were, they're kind of like the jelly-filled eggs you get at Easter that you really, really like. <laughs> You said the other night that Clark Martin is the man that you aspire to be. 
Do you remember that? Do you remember yes, saying that? Yes, I've always felt that. Clark Clark is a kind of man that I think everybody always wants to be. Yeah. Myself in question or case, I will never get there. Is that right? Oh, never, never. He's just um, a gentleman's gentleman, so knowledgeable, so polite, so kind. And I, I yeah, that whole, nah. next question. <laughs> <laughs> and Rachel's really hot. <laughs> That she is. That she is. <laughs> I can't deny it. What's your greatest fear, Jed? What is your greatest fear? Um, I, failure. Okay. Um, cool. I think. I think probably like. Oh, like financial failure is probably my biggest fear. Why would you fear that, Jed? Because I, when I grew up, we lost our house, and that. Oh. That is always like at the back of my mind. Way to take this into a downturn. <laughs> you asked me. That's, well, that's why you don't ever ask I was hoping questions. you'd bring something positive about bringing it back. You said my back. greatest fear. <laughs> well, you could have just gone like eating bad chicken on Thursday. Oh, or... yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, my greatest fear cool. is eating a bad piece of chicken. <laughs> that's why I stay away from KFC. Uh, now I have nothing left. No, I'm, I'm sad. Know, I want to know what you're going to say. Oh, I have no idea. What was I going to say? Your your quote. Uh, is it Maya Angelo? No, it? I thought it was Marianne Williamson. Oh, Marianne Williamson. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, pick it up. And the whole idea that it, it's not really fear itself. It's our greatest fear. What is it? What is it? Our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Mm -hmm that it is inappropriate for us. I'm going off quote now, but basically it's it's inappropriate for us to act small in front of people because it's our purpose in life to shine so that others can feed off of that versus feeling pity for yourself and trying to garner pity. Um, and once you embrace that, the power of you and allowing others to shine and explode with you it it you know exactly what with the kids in atlanta mm -hmm. uh using your power and your you're just um passion and intensity to let others feed off that and then bring them along with you oh that was a beautiful moment mm. we're more scared of the the light and the beauty and the power in us than we are of darkness and failure and I think a lot of people are. And then when I find those people that are glowing beacons of the beauty of life, much like yourself. Thank you, Dave. You just, well, you are. It just, <laughs> I, I try and bring you down and you just do, well, except for the last one. <laughs> Usually you're like screaming all positive, but no, today during my interview, you're going to like, oh, let's bring it down into the, a negative. And the biggest fear, that's my biggest fear, I think. Uh, What's your biggest fear? What's your biggest fear then? Right now? Sure, today. Uh, I don't think I have one. Okay. Well, Is that bad? I think it's dishonest. Okay, what's my fear? Well, I don't know. I have you're, none. you're afraid of something. What? You tell me. I don't know. Because anything you bring out, it's just there's a solution to it if you step back and go. Well, okay. It's, so if I it's go bankrupt, easier said than done. Simple. Okay, let's say the business goes under and I go bankrupt. Okay. 
I'm either going to look for an ice cream truck and convert it into like a cocktail thing that I can drive around in like suburbia to housewives and serve cocktails or become a cabana boy somewhere on the (laughs) South Islands. Probably the cabana boys because I'd go to the beach because there'd be sand there. That sounds like a step up though. Well, from you make it what sound I'm like a step now. up. You make it sound like a step up, a cabana boy in the South Islands. Well, if you want it to be, it will be. <laughs> I can't. Okay, I do have a fear that the people that I work with will not understand the beauty that they hold within themselves, mm. and that's probably about as honest as I can get. Because mm. when you're working with anybody, whether it's a couple that's been married for sixty years or a senior that just went through um, dealing with idiots that don't know how to respect people. And you see this beauty that's just glowing from them and you try and capture it and you spend all day working and shooting and just to get them to see that little glimmer of beauty that you see within themselves, that truly is the biggest fear I have that I'm not able to accomplish that. So people are inherently beautiful. The majority. And I think we beat down over... You know, Brian DeMint had this great analogy of a four-year-old's going to color and just get all creative and, mm-hmm. and is inherently creative. Mm-hmm. But as you grow, you get that beaten out of you. Mm. And you have to become systematic. And you mm. have to color the sky blue. And mm. you have to put people insert you know all the Mm. rules start coming in Mm -hmm. (sighs) it's a sad day and robert frost i think i'd like to have a discussion about mr frost okay i do believe he he was a little quick on the whole finding the um path untraveled Mm -hmm. the road less traveled yes what if the road traveled was actually to the restroom in the park Mm-hmm and you needed the restroom and you mm. refused to take the road that's traveled. Mm. But it made Position. all the difference that he took the other road. Yeah, I know, because he couldn't go to the bathroom. Because <laughs> the other road, obviously, not a lot of people are going down. <laughs> right, right, which was apparently appealing to him. Yeah, and what if all the really lovely things were on that path that everybody went down? Well, don't you think that you're more like the guy that took the road less traveled? No, that's my point is I went and cut down my own path and found my own path. Oh, you went went off trail. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the other um, tangent that I I really think that why would you take a less traveled if you're going to go for it, go for it. Take the one that isn't traveled at all. and just The less traveled to me is, yeah, we're going to be a little careful here. We're going to get a little Mm. nuts, but we're still going to take a safety. Mm. We're still holding back. Yeah. Yeah. So... If I could chat with Mr. Frost, I'd like to see his viewpoint on mm. that. Mm. <laughs> Is that a good thing to end on? <laughs> no, I have one more. I have okay. a story. Okay, I'm ready. I think. Oh, why I do this? I found it early. Um, the emotional impact of Cheerios. Okay. No, reality. The... Um, <laughs> Somebody asked me yesterday what was uh, the one moment, the one most emotional thing, and there's one point, you know, there's numerous. Um, two things hit with seniors. One where I was working with girl, a, a girl because I brought her in because I need, I was back when I was speaking, 
I want to do this really cool thing. I was going to go to a workshop and all my friends were there and I wanted to get this killer, unbelievable shot. And I pulled in a senior that I'd worked with. I knew she nailed it. And after about 45 minutes, I just looked at her and it's like, why aren't you giving me mm. it? Just, you're much better than this. Mm. And she looked at me and it's like, um, I was at a party this weekend and my friend just got the crap kicked out of him by oh. three long, uh, three athletes. Cause they mm. were all cool. Mm-hmm. And it, it hit me that I was so selfish at that moment that I was so into myself. I didn't see right. the pain she was in. So right. we just took two hours talking and she was talking about how she did it. She's graduating, going through this, all this turmoil of, you know, it's supposed to be such a great time and there's so much stupidity in the yeah. world. And why would somebody beat somebody up just because they had long hair? Right. And it, it was... It was killer. Then we just looked at each other. We said enough. She stood up. I took three shots and got one of the coolest shots yeah. of my life. <laughs> but it taught me that I completely ignored what I was there doing because right. I was so wrapped up into my arrogant little self. Right. <laughs> I was a failure, Jed. <laughs> okay. And numerous times I feel I'm there. Okay. And the other one was probably, uh, there's a lot. Years back, um, had a young lady come in real quiet, laid back. Um, grandma was taking care of her because mom was out of the picture uh-huh. and it was just a really nondescript shoot that was okay and uh, I thought okay we got something but I couldn't get this major excitement because mm-hmm. she never really went nuts mm-hmm. and so it was one of those that I know I was okay with but not blown away mm-hmm. and uh, it was great Victoria came in the next day with a note that uh, the grandma had stopped in oh. and uh, gave the note to Victoria and uh, said, you know, just want to thank you guys because uh, my granddaughter gave me this note and said she doesn't need it anymore. And that's that's what this is all about. Hmm. So, and Cheerios and Teletubbies. <laughs> you were... You're you're getting me a little choked up, David. Yeah, I almost lost it. <laughs> cool. Sign off. Well, you're away. You're away from the mic. You need to sign off. Bye. <laughs>